Welcome. We have an amazing, amazing chapter today. We're up to Mida number eight. This is our eighth Mida. Remember, we said there are 13 attributes, 13 Midos, and 13 ways that Akash Baruch Hu interacts with the world in a way that is above nature, in a way that is beyond human capacity. Oftentimes, we when we read it inside, we see that what's expected is not simple. Our last class, we spoke about how, you know, <laughs> seeing people even though they hurt you and being able to forgive them. And that, you know, that's something that Akash Baruch Hu does it really, really, really incredibly. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, it, it hits me how, how much, how caring he is, how even within pain, he sends Nechama. There's just so much kindness in everything that he does with us and then the way he interacts with us, even though oftentimes we experience the brunt of it and we experience the hardships and we experience the stuff that we don't like. But really, really, there's so much kindness in there. And what happens is that when a person is able to stop for five, 10 minutes a day and just count their blessings and just say, thank you for this and thank you for my vision and thank you for my eyesight and thank you for my family and thank you for my children. And thank you for the health of my body and thank you for the, my well-being and thank you for the roof over my head and thank you for the money in my account and thank you. And I was able to focus and say thank you for what is going well in his life. All of a sudden he sees that in the pain that he's in and in the str struggle that he's in, there's also a lot of love and there's also a lot of things to say thank you for. So it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful to be able to see it. So today's Mita is talking about, it's page by the way, 118, okay? And the Midah is talking, it's called Yichbosh Avonatenu. Now, what that literally means is that God suppresses our sins. He suppresses them. He pushes them down. And then the Tumor Devorah starts off and he says like this. He says like this. He says, when you have people, regular human beings, that offend one another, okay? Um, for example, this Mita is different from last week's Mita, how? That this Mita is talking about you're in a relationship with someone, you care about someone, you love someone, and they've done a lot of good for you. Well, let me just put this on quiet, quiet. They've done a lot of good for you in your life. And they've done favors for you. They were there for you when you needed them. But they also like really hurt you, okay? And they also really offended you. The Mida that we're talking about today is the Mida of which, which literally means in spiritual terms that HaKash Baruch Hu takes the mitzvahs that we do, we do and he like lifts them all the way up. It says it pierces all the heavens and the mitzvahs have their own special account, meaning they have their own special account. It's never a situation where I did 30 mitzvahs today and I did 10 averas today. So bottom line, I'm going to go to sleep with 20 mitzvahs. Okay, because you take 10 off of the 30 and you have 20 left. It doesn't work that way. Tomer Devor explains to us that Akash Baruch Hu has an account for the mitzvahs that we do, the kindnesses, the, 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 what we do good in this world. There's one account for that. And there's a whole other account for the averos that we do, for the negative actions that we do, for the things that we're not supposed to do, the things that are, are very harmful to us in, 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 spiritual, in, the, in our spiritual makeup are very harmful to us. So there's two accounts, meaning a person can do a million mitzvahs a day and one avera. They still did a million mitzvahs a day and one avera. They didn't do a million minus one. 
Okay, and the reason that that's important, the whole chapter goes in and discusses why that's so important, why that's such a big deal, and why that's such a kindness. It's a kindness because the amount of reward that a person receives for one good deed that they do in their lifetime, it says in the Torah, it explains to us that there is no measure in this world that can fill the reward for the mitzvahs that a person does in their life. There is no, there's no, there's nothing that I can, okay, I just helped the lady cross the street, so great. I am the proud owner of a lamb, okay, which has a cute little necklace stuck on it, Okay. Now I got a lamp. So now I'm going to go home with my lamp because I just walked somebody across the street. Now, it doesn't work that way. You, there's nothing in this world that can repay spiritual goodness that you create in your life. You give someone a smile and you show them your teeth. There is nothing. There is nothing in this world that can repay you for that because you have to understand it's a whole different language. It's a whole different language. It's a whole different reality. Spirituality and physicality, it's two different things. It's like going to the fridge when you're heartbroken. Someone breaks your heart, God forbid, and all you're doing is like looking in the fridge and looking in the pantry and looking in the fridge and looking in the pantry or looking online or going shopping or getting your nails done, trying to fill the void, which is, a, which is an emotional emptiness or hurt, right? Or longing with something that's like a cheesecake. A pair of uh, whatever, new leggings. That's not going to fill this. This won't fill this because it's two separate languages. It's two separate needs a person has. Same goes here. When a person, when a person understands that every single mitzvah that you do in your lifetime, every single thing that you do, the bracha that you make, the the netil sidaim that you do, the 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 gesture that you help somebody out or or I don't know, hold your hand, hold your fingers up to Havdalah candle. Every single time you perform a mitzvah in this world, it's untouched. There's nothing that can be repaid for that in this world. Nothing. The only schar that a mitzvah has in this world, it says in the Mishnah, is schar mitzvah mitzvah. The only schar that a person can have in this world is to be given, be given the opportunity to get another one like that. To get another one like that, because where those go, is in a whole different realm. They go into your account of mitzvahs and there is nothing in this world that can compare to the reward that you will receive because it's a different language. It's a different language. Your child, you haven't seen your child all summer. You see them after the summer. The hug that you, that you, that you love your child so much and that you miss them and that you so good to see them and so good that they're back home and it's so oh, they're, it's your baby okay the love that you have for them that moment that's a different kind of love than you would have for your mom or for your spouse it's still but you need all of those things you understand we need all these things we need the love from our spouses and we need the love from our children and we need to give over here and we need to get from over here. We're human beings, we're complex. We have a lot of different parts of us, a lot of different aspects to us. And what we're learning right now is that you have to understand we have to be super crystal clear. Moshe Kardavir was teaching us something very, very, very crucial. Whatever spiritual action you do that is in the realm of positive, that is in the realm of kindness, that is in the realm of mitzvah, nothing can reward you in this world and nothing can touch it. Nothing can move it. Nothing can decrease it. You did a mitzvah, that's it. You can go kill a person now, God forbid. That mitzvah still stands for you. Nothing will touch it. 
that's why it's so huge. Like every single time, that's why people are like, you know, like I can't dive in every single day because I have such a hard time with commitment. So then they're like, forget it. I'm like not a daviner or I'm like, I'm a person that doesn't just, I, mean, I don't, I can't commit. Like I, I'm like two-faced in front of God. Like one day I dive in chakras mincha and the next day I can't even dive in chakras or brachos. doesn't matter. Whatever one bracha you make, the moda'ani that you say, the ability to stand up and do a mincha today. So what if you didn't do chakras? So what if you didn't do mincha yesterday? So what if you didn't chakras? It doesn't matter. Whatever you do do, it lasts forever. It's eternal. It's eternal. So this Mita is talking about the darkness. This Mita is talking about that God suppresses the darkness, which means what? And how, how do we learn to be like Hashem in this way? It means that in many different sources, and you can read through the chapter and you can see they bring in the, the different places in the Torah, that Akash Baruch Hu almost like, like doesn't want to look at our Averos. Like he like, he, he like turns a blind eye to them. He has this thing with turning a blind eye to our sins. He has this thing. Go through the sources in the book. Go through the sources in the Torah. You see it all over the place. You literally see that there's a running thread and how Hashem interacts with the Jewish people. He has this thing. He like chooses to turn a blind eye. He chooses to make believe like he's, he's dumb to it. Like that. This Mida is talking about when the bad comes before God, meaning the person went and they did a Nevera. The Averas that a person does that come before Hashem, Hashem suppresses them. He pushes them down. Why? Because he doesn't want to deal with them. He doesn't want to look at them. He doesn't want to have to, 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 to know that they're even there. Why? Why does, why does he do that? The reason that he does that is because Hashem is El Chapayim. Hashem has patience. Hashem has patience. Hashem is not into like, you touch the cake, I'm going to slap you. Hashem is into like, you make a mistake, I'm here for you. I get you. I understand you. I love you. You're still good, pure, amazing, kind, incredible, valuable. Even though you made a mistake. That's how I think about you, Hashem says. That's how I see you. So the Averis come before Hashem and they're like, yeah, Hashem, Hashem, look. Devorah did this and this. And Hashem's like, eh, eh. How does that work? So listen to the Mida and listen to what we're talking about. The Mida is like this. We're on page one, uh, one page 122. One page 122. Listen to what it says. So it says like this. So it says that Hashem he suppresses them. He suppresses the Averos. So I'm sorry, we're on page 120. So they don't ascend. So they don't ascend and they don't enter. He doesn't want these energies of the darkness to ascend and enter. Although he provide, he provides, he his providence, I'm sorry, extends over man's deeds, good, both good and bad. Even so, he does not suppress, he does not suppress the good deeds. He doesn't push one good deed you do away. Not one. Every single good deed you do, he grabs hold of both. Sorry, second. Every single thing, good deed you do in your life, Hashem grabs hold with both hands. Grabs hold with both hands. And it says, they ascend high above where they combine with one another to form a spiritual structure and a garment of honor. That's what your mitzvahs do. It's not like individual ones. They come together. 
They come together and they create a form of a structure. This is Kabbalah. This is what happens. Sins do not have such a quality. Sins are period. It's separation. Darkness creates separation. You know when something comes from the dark side, when it's coming to create separation in your life, between you and your husband, between you and your friends, between you and your spouse, between you and yourself, between you and God. People that want to create separation, I'm not saying separate from someone that's abusive, God forbid, or someone that's not good for you. But pure, that's the language of Averos. The language of Averos, it is coming from the dark side. Dark side is the antithesis of connection. It's the antithesis of love. It's the antithesis of unity. It's the, it's the opposite of that. Okay? And that's why you have to know that whatever happens, whatever happens in your life, that you feel is creating a, 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 a breakage, a disconnect, you have to start looking inside of yourself and saying, one second, how, who's ruling me? Do I have a lot of kohosatuma ruling me, God forbid? And then we could do something about it. We could take it off of ourselves. Here's what we're supposed to do. So before we continue that, we're going to finish off with here. And it says, the Averas don't have an ability to create a, a, a spiritual structure, just like mitzvahs do. Hashem suppresses them so they will not have such success and it will not enter enter inside. He doesn't want them in in where the 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 where he is in in the, in the highest court courtroom up there. He suppresses them. He pushes them away. Eh, I don't want to look at them. A person must emulate also this trait. He should not suppress the good others have done for him and remember only the evil they have caused. This is something that's really, really, really crucial. This is how we use the Midah. This is how we emulate Hashem. Our Averis come before Hashem and Hashem says, I don't want to look at the Boris Averis. I don't want to look at Esther's Averis. I don't want to look at Rivka's Averis. I don't want to look at Yechavah's Averis. I'm not looking at them right now. Let them, let them sit. Let them sit. Let them collect dust. I'm not paying attention to them. Eventually, I'm going to have to pay attention because I sustain them, like we said in the other chapters. Hashem sustains the Averis that we make, these evil malachim that we make. But he doesn't want to look at them. He doesn't want to deal with them. And what do we learn from him? How are we supposed to emulate his ways? How do we go in his ways? How does the person now walk in his God footsteps in this way, in this trait? I'll tell you how. There are people in your life that you're close to, and there are people. people in your life that have been there for you there are people in your life that helped you move that helped you that helped you came to pick you up when you needed them that got you gas when you were stranded that you know lent you milk when you needed it okay the sound wasn't on the sound wasn't on the whole time you serious no just for a little while you're fine how little Maybe a few seconds, less than a minute. Oh, okay, good, 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 okay. So, so you have a, so what are we up to? Oh, so you have these people in your life. Okay? And these people make mistakes, which means they hurt you, they offend you, they say terrible things sometimes, they don't show up for you when you need them. Our instinct, our automatic go-to is, like, especially if they do it like often, okay? It's like, 
toxic person. Toxic person. I don't need my mom. I don't need my sister. I don't need my bestie. I don't need my, I don't need these people in my life because they're just constantly hurting me. So this is what, this is what Tomer DeVore is telling you. Listen to this. It's saying like this. Here it's better. 122. When a person has benefited from someone and then has been harmed from that same person, he should forgive the bad that was done. Even if he has the right to sue the person and base it in court for the harm, he should not let his anger over the events sit in his heart. Don't let the anger sit in your heart and eat you up alive. But how could they? They're so stupid. They're so irresponsible. They're only so selfish. How? Instead, he should let the favors that person has done for him in the past stand in the forefront of his mind and focus on the sense of appreciation he should feel for him. That's what he should do. Our viewers come before Hashem and Hashem says, I don't want to look at you. You know what I want to look at? I want to look at what you do good. I want to look at, I want to, I want to marvel at the mitzvahs that, you do, that you've done. I want to, I want to be, I want to gush over the things that you do do good in your life. That's where I'm at, Hashem says. Yeah, but Hashem, I screw up here and I spoke Hashem hard. I don't want to look at it. I choose, Hashem says, to look at the good in you. To look at what you're doing amazing in the world. To look at what you're trying to do. To look at how many times you fell and get up. That's what I'm looking to because I love you. And what we're learning from this media, what the remarks of us in this media is people will hurt you, but it's the same people that have done favors for you. And it's the same people that have shown up for you. And it's the same people that were there for you in your dark times. And it's the same people that were helping you when you, when you needed them. Those people are the ones that screw up, let it out of your heart. Don't let it linger in your heart. It's the same people that have done favors. It's the same people that are gonna hurt you. People make mistakes. People are imperfect beings. People will always hurt us. The idea is to know how to be a person that doesn't now start saying everybody in my life is toxic. No, the Torah divorce teaching us. He says, one should not say, true, he has done me favors in the past, but he has also harmed me. So what are good, what, what's so good about his favors? Yofi, she, she does good for me. She helps me. She picks me up. She helps me study. She does all these things. And then she sticks a knife in my back. And then she forgets to call me back when we make plans. And then she sticks me, whatever. I, I, I get stood up by her because we made plans and she never showed up. And then all these things. Yes, those are, that's what relationships are about. But know who your friends are. Know who the people are that are there for you are. And you know who they are, the people that have been there for you in your harder times. When, when it wasn't fun to come and pack boxes with you and it wasn't fun to come and pick you up from the hospital and it's not fun to have to pick you up in the middle of the night because you got stranded on the side of the highway without gas. Those are the people that are, when they screw up, what we need to learn from Hashem is suppress their sins. We need to suppress their sins. Let's keep our questions till the end. Just remember that question. Let's just finish this. We're, we're going to be finished soon. And then he goes on and he says like this, when we overlook the harm we suffered from others and remember instead the favors they have done, Hashem acts likewise with us. He suppresses our sins so that they will not ascend above and sets our merit to stand before him always. So two things happen when we do this. When I am able to, obviously, listen, listen to me for a second. Listen, 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 listen. We have to make something very, very clear. People cannot go around hurting you in your life. But you have to know one thing. People hurt us. Oftentimes, and this is going to be a, maybe a little bit of a drastic statement. And at this point in the game, I really 
know this to be true. People hurt people that allow themselves to be hurt, which means, were you clear with your boundaries? Did you, were you people pleasing? What were you doing? That's something that's really, 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 really crucial. It's really, really, really crucial to remember where am I in this relationship? I'm always saying like, you know, I'm always going over. I'm always helping. I'm always volunteering. I'm always bringing things over. And this person never comes. And this person never shows her face. And she never helps me. And she never whatever. Did she ask you to always come and do her dishes and come in the middle of the day? Or was that something that you wanted to do because you also wanted to schmooze with your friend and you wanted to hang out? Does she ask you every single time for these favors? Or are you offering? Where are your boundaries? Are you checking in with self to see what do I want? Do I want this or do I want that? Am I only doing this because I want to make them happy? Because I want them to like me? Because I want them to be pleasant? Because I don't want to shake the boat? Because I don't want to rock things? Because where, where are you at with your boundaries? Are you checking in with yourself to see if this is good for you or not good for you? If you want to do this or not go, do this, you want to go out now or you don't want to go out now? Where are you? Because we ended up, we end up falling into these problems with people, into these wars with people, because oftentimes it's not necessarily always all their fault. It's oftentimes we just had enough of what of being a people pleaser. They don't know. They taught we taught them to act that way towards us. We taught them it's okay to talk to us that way, treat us that way, boss us around that way. We taught them because we were, we were trying to people please. We were trying to roll with the punches. We were trying to be liked. And then it gets to a certain point we can't handle it anymore. So now they're toxic. They might be toxic also, somewhat toxic. But the, the idea is to teach the people in your life how to treat you by setting your own standards and your own boundaries and making it very clear what you're into, what you're not into, when and where and how much, okay? It's really, really important to understand that. And it's also really, really important to know that when I am, the two things that we were saying before, when I do this, when I do this, it's not like I'm becoming a welcoming man. You know what? This whole Tomer Devor bit is like, makes people feel like, what, I'm supposed to be a welcoming man? Like, why should I be a welcoming man? That's the thing, this is not a welcoming man. No, this is not like, now go, don't be a person and have no self-esteem and let everyone step on top of you and break your stuff and use your electricity and you just, you, you be like God. No, that's not, that's not what's going on here. You have to come from a healthy place and you have to come from a decisive place where I'm not just gonna be like, I can't be angry at the person that hurt my feelings because they did a favor for me once. But I'm gonna think, I'm gonna think good and hard. Is it all their fault? Is it always, is it, is, it, is it fully their fault? Did I immediately lead them to think? Was I not communicative? Was I, was I being vague? Was I, is that, you understand? Number one, where, where am I in this whole thing? Number two, they hurt me. Now you have to decide whether or not this relationship is worthwhile for you. And we are talking about the people that have shown up for you, the people that are there for you, the people that have helped you in your times, the people that were close to you or are close to you, those people, talking about those relationships, not people that you don't owe anything to and you have no relationship with and you have to be kind to them, not talking about those people, talking about the people in your life, before you cut them out of your life, it's very easy to call the whole world toxic. We have to look inside of ourselves 
And what I am, and then I make the decision, a very educated, adult-like decision, not like out of like, oh my God, God is gonna punish me if I don't do this, or no. From a very, very adult-like stance, you say to yourself, I'm gonna have a conversation with them with them about this, but what angle am I gonna come from? As opposed to like, you uh, screw this up, you screwed me over, you uh, you held me up, you used my time, you don't value me, you don't see me. You know, instead of going in that direction, I'm gonna go in the direction of I know this person is a valuable person in my life. I know this person cares about me and loves me very, very much. I also know this person is human and they make mistakes. How do I want to handle this situation? What's in it for me? What are the pros and cons for me? Can I, at this point, say the good outweighs the bad? Nobody's perfect. Let's just keep moving with the punches. Am I able to do that? Or am I too obsessed, too hurt, too, too, too stuck on this to really let go of it? Which is fine. You really have to follow yourself. But remember, it's very easy to blame the other person. It's very easy to throw the whole thing on them and say it's a black and white. I'm, I'm white, they're black. It's very easy. They made the mistake. They screwed up. They didn't show up. It's very easy to vent on them and that's it. They're the ones that fall and you didn't do anything wrong. It's very easy. But what are you losing? Are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater? When there was no one else for you, were they there for you? When they needed a favor, where they did they shop for you needed to borrow cash, did they give you the cash? Good friends are not easy to come by these days. It's not easy to make good, good relationships, good friends. People screw up. How often do we? Hashem says, suppress their sins. Look at what they've done good for you. If you're able to do that, and if you're able to come from a mature place, not a, not a low self-esteem or people-pleasing, not that kind of place, a mature place, can I, can I let this go? Can I move on from this? Can I move on from this? Can we make amends? Because what you will do when you do that is two things. Number one, you will act like Hashem. And we know this from every media that we've learned so far. When we act like Hashem, we emulate his ways. We walk in his footsteps. What happens to us? A, we become more godly. B, we make the world, we illuminate that midah in the world, which means we make it more accessible to other people. You're working on this in your house, in your little bedroom, in your little corner. No one knows about you. No one sees you. No one knows what's going through your mind, what you're thinking. If I can let go, if I can just forgive this person, if I can just like, you know what? I'll make a list of pros and cons. I'm just going to move forward. Okay? I'm going to move forward. We're going to have a conversation. I'm going to tell them, you know, let's try to avoid these kinds of conflicts again in the future. It really hurt me. It was very difficult for me. I understand where you were coming from and, and move on. What you do in the privacy of your own heart and the privacy of your own mind literally has a ripple effect. Somebody next door to you, across the street from you, down the block from you, across the side of, other side of the ocean from you, somewhere sitting in Jerusalem in their living room, all of a sudden thinking, I was a little harsh with that person. They did hurt me. They didn't make a mistake, but I did go all out with, like, I shut them out. I, I wouldn't want, you know, people to deal with me that way when I make a mistake and hurt people, because I do. And I wouldn't want God to act that way with me, because, oh boy, that would not be good. So maybe I'll swallow my ego and I pick up the phone. That's what you do. 
you do two very big things. Number one, you become more godly. Number two, you illuminate that media in the world where it becomes a lot more accessible to other people because you did it, has a ripple effect and other people will energetically feel the, the need to do as well. So this is an incredible, 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 incredible media. Listen to what he says over here. We're on, on page 125. He says, explanation of the attribute. The attribute of suppressing sin, this, this attribute, and elevating mitzvot in their place is in the direct opposition to human nature. This is exactly the opposite of what we're programmed to be. There's a common saying that the biggest favor becomes old news after a day, while the smallest injury stays fresh even 20 years later. How true is that? He says, we use the bad incidents to shape our opinions of others, brushing under the carpet the good deeds and favors they have done. The attribute of suppressing sin requires us to change our outlook on people, to switch our glasses, so to speak, and put the spotlight on their good qualities while leaving their faults in the shadows. That is what this is about. Switch our glasses. Switching our glasses. Yala, your mother heard you. Your mother said a word. She was out of line. She also raised you, and she also spent nights up with you and she also had sleepless nights and running to the hospitals and, and 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 running to pta meetings and paying for everything she also did that she also did that so she put you down and she hurt your feelings and she she passed a comment about your husband or about whatever so what so what we have to learn how to be like god and turn a blind eye next next okay people say things do things we're imperfect beings where are they in the majority of your life and the majority of the time? Who are they for you? We have to look at the whole picture. We can't brush under the carpet the good favors people have done for us when one thing that they've done wrong. And even though it's a big deal, we can spend the time talking about it, discussing it, not with the person, with, with other people, with, with therapy, with, with in life coaching, whatever it is, dealing with the emotions that have come up for you, not pushing them away, not suppressing the emotions but suppressing the sin. And however you can do that, try to do that. And it might take you a day, it might take you an hour, it might take you a month. But the idea is not to stay in, so she's toxic, next, he's toxic, next, everyone's toxic. No, not everyone's toxic. Everything about life is about relationships. We are, we're sent into this world to learn how to deal with people. That's what this is all about. This, this is all about. That's what God's all about. Everything is about people. Hashem says, which means you can leave me, Hashem says. My Torah, keep that Torah. What's the whole Torah? Relationships is everything. Everything is relationships. Of course, we mess up in relationships. Of course, it's hard. Trial and errors, left and right. Difficulties, arguments, machlokas, fights, running away, escaping, coming back, too, too dependent, too codependent, too interdependent, not dependent enough. So many things happen in relationships. So many things happen in relationships, but that's where we grow. It's very easy to run away. It's very easy to become a nun. It's very easy to go and live in some ashram on some mountaintop and like, you know, meditate all day and do his bodhidas and connect to God and the higher powers that may be. And like, it's here, it's in the work. It's when someone st stands you up and you just change your plans and you, you got your babysitter and you got this and you got that and all of a sudden they, they totally stuck you over. You're like, hello, that's, this is where it's at. It's not in the, it's not in the, all the, you know, hums and hymns. 
This is where it counts. You got into the fight. You were hurt. They hurt you. Can you make a cheshben to see what the pros and cons are? What the gains are by staying in this relationship? What are you gaining from it? What if this person, that's, this is, this is what we're talking about. He says like this, each person has two accounts in heaven, two accounts in heaven, one for his mitzvahs and one for his averos. 126, page 126. This is not like a checking account in which debt, debits are subtracted from the credit. Rather, they are two separate accounts. In one account are the Averis, which are waiting either to be repaid, and this is what we said before, through punishment or erased through tshuva. Listen, Hashem turns a blind eye to our Averis. But in the end, nothing is free. Nothing is free from this world. You take from this world, you have to pay in one way or another. So that means, if you did an Avera, Hashem gives you time, lots of time. You just had a, a whole Lashon Hara, God forbid, bashing session for four hours, okay? Hashem's not looking at those averas that you just created. And remember, the Chavit Chaim teaches that every word of Lashon Hara is between 10 and 33 averos. Every single word of Lashon Hara. All those averos, all those bad energies are flying up. Hashem suppresses them. He doesn't want to look at them. He says, wait in the waiting room. I'm not looking at you right now. Why is he doing that? For two reasons. Number one, number one, because he doesn't want to punish directly, immediately. And if he looks at them, he's going to have to punish immediately. So he doesn't give them any, like doesn't notice them. Okay? And number two, to give us time. Time to do what? Time to take care of them ourselves so he doesn't have to deal with them. He doesn't want to see it. It's like when your kid comes to fear, I don't want to see it. Go take care of it yourself. Go clean up. Go wash off. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to see you this way. You did it. You take care of it. Hashem says, you did it. Take care of it. Don't make me get involved because once I get involved, it's requiring punishment. I don't want to punish you. I love you. So either deal with it by cleaning it up. How do I clean it up? Easy, chuba every day before you go to sleep, do chuba every day before you go to sleep, do chuba two minutes on your bed before you go to sleep. Two minutes, the things that stand out in your mind that you screwed up in today, that you hurt somebody's feelings, that you said something that really hurt your mom or your or your child or or whatever it is, the stuff that you'll think about it, it, it won't be hard for you, to, you'll feel it. Think about those things and say you have to do four things. Number one. Say it out loud. What is it that you did? Just say what you did. State it. What did it? I, um, I spoke Lashonhara about this and this person. Okay? Next. Vidoy. Harata is the next one. Feel bad for it. Feel bad in your heart that you acted that way. When you feel bad for something, whether it's a mitzvah or it's an avera, you uproot it. That's the beauty of this. Harata, regret for something, uproots it. You went to somebody's wedding to dance with them and then you saw the wrong people there and you walked out and you're like, oh my gosh, I regret ever going to that wedding. You did not get reward for going to that wedding. It's as if you never went. In Shemayim, it's as if you never went because you regretted it. The power of Harata uproots the actual action. You understand? The power of regret has the power energetically to uproot the action. So that's what's going on here. So uproot the action. What'd you do today? What'd you say today? What hurt somebody? What'd you say? I feel really bad that I did that. I don't want to be that kind of person. Hashem, please forgive me that I acted that way and said those words and offended those people. Please. I wasn't thinking. Please help me. Do better next time. Vidoy, Harata, Aziva Sachet, Aziva Sachet means you make a promise. You promise to God, Blina, their God. 
I don't want to repeat those actions again. I'm not repeating those actions again. Say it. I'm not repeating that. I'm not saying Lashonara anymore. I'm not, I don't want say it because when you say things like that, you make statements like that. It's just like, just like we, we can make statements like, um, my life is never going to work out. I'm never going to get married all the time. So why can't we make statements of I'm never going to speak Lashonara again all the time? Say it. I'm never going to speak Lashonara. I don't want to speak Lashonara. I don't want to be a person that gossips and has evil spilling out of their mouth. I don't want to be that person. Okay? Basically, it's the same thing, same idea. You say to God, I take on myself, God willing, to be more careful. So, you have now just cleaned up your Avera. Now God doesn't have to look at it, doesn't have to bother with it, he doesn't have to punish you. When an Avera sits there for a while, Hashem has to send punishment in order to redeem it. That's how it works. He has to, but he doesn't want to. So that's why he suppresses it for a while. Go back throughout your day, sit in your bed for two, three minutes, say the things that you didn't do good, you feel bad for, you don't want to do it again, and you're done. You're done. He says like this. <clears throat> he says in, in the other account, the mitzvahs account, are the mitzvahs that a person has done and the reward for the mitzvahs is eternal. The account of Averis is on the lower plane. Hashem suppresses them, keeping them down so they will not enter before him to raise accusations against Israel. He does not look upon the sins of Yaakov or see the iniquities of Israel. Hashem does not look at the account of Averos. Instead, he focuses his attention on the account of the mitzvos, which always stand before his eyes, invoking mercy and kindness on behalf of the Jewish people. Why does Hashem do that? Because Hashem wants us to do that. Look at the Nekuda Tova in people in your life. Look at the Nekuda Tova. Look at the good things in people in your life. Try to find what's good in them. Hashem doesn't want to look at the bad because he's always harping on, one, on the good of the Jewish people, on the kindnesses of the Jewish people, on the good heart of the Jewish people, and how much they, they're so compassionate. Uh, the Jewish people are so, so sweet, so caring, so loving, always the first ones on the scenes of any kind of, any kind of catastrophe in the world. Israel's always the first ones there. We have it inside of us. There's such kindness, good people. You see it in their eyes. Obviously, there, there's exceptions to the rules everywhere you go. But the Jewish people as a whole, we're, we're known, we care. We were movers and shakers in the world because we want to make the world into a better place. We really care about the world. We're into Tikkun Olam. We're into saving the Umus Olam, helping the world, being a light unto the nations. That's our mission. That's who we are. And that's what Hashem wants to look at. Hashem doesn't want to look at a Hashverish's party where they had a sexual immorality. He doesn't want to look at Zdom Vamura where they were you know, doing terrible things with animals and, and, and lack of kindnesses and chesed and all that. He doesn't want to look at that stuff. He, want to look, he wants to look at who we really are. Not who the, the sitra akra, the satan makes us into. He wants to look at the, the sweet. And where do we know this from? Hashem tells Moshe. We're on page, when this, when this we're ending, we're on page 127. Oh no, we're on page 129. I cannot see you. Hashem says to Moshe, I want to show you before Kabbalah's Torah, before he gives the Jewish people the Torah, Hashem says to Moshe, look, look at the Jewish people. And he gives him like a, 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 like a, like a trailer. He shows him a little bit before the actual Kabbalah's Torah, Nevuah of Kabbalah's Torah. And what does Moshe see? Moshe sees the Jewish people standing by her Sinai, so sweet, so, 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 there, so there. 
they don't even want to know what Hashem says. They're like, yeah, 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 we're in. Where, where do we sign? Where do we sign? Where we want, we want. They don't even know what they're signing up for. That we want, we want, we want. So beautiful, so sweet, such love for Hashem, for the Torah. So much. Nasa Vinishma, Nasa Vinishma. Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu looks at that and just like loves the Jewish people. He has this like overwhelming sense of like, I love the Jewish people. I love Klai Israel. I love Klai Israel. And then Hashem says to him, look what he says to him. He says, the Medrash explains that it says in the Pasuk, Hashem says, I have seen, I have seen. Hashem says, I see their loyalty, but I also see where they're disloyal to me because I also see the golden calf. But Hashem says to Moshe, you can only see one of those things. You can't see both. You don't see what I see. Hashem says to Moshe, you don't see what I see. He says, he says like this, but you, Moshe, cannot see both events together. You can only see one. Hashem, Moshe could not see anything at all, either, either in the present or in the future, unless Hashem revealed it to him. If Hashem already chose to reveal to him Kabbalah's Torah, why not reveal the sin of the golden calf also? Why? Why didn't Hashem show him how earnest they were by Matan Torah and then also show them how lowly they were dancing around that idol? Why not show him both? Listen to this. Hashem wanted, look how sweet Hashem is. So sweet, so sweet. Hashem wanted to preserve and nurture Moshe's love for Bnei Israel. He showed Moshe their loyalty to him when they would receive the Torah and proclaim Nasa Vanishma. We will do and we will listen, knowing that Moshe would love them for it. But if Moshe were to see the sin, don't forget, Moshe was a Kanai to Hashem. Don't forget that. Moshe was burning for Hashem, burning for Hashem. If somebody heard Hashem, he would kill him. Like if somebody would, would be, he, 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 was, he was zealous in the name of God. It's like his baby. And, and, and so Hashem didn't want to show him. He didn't want to show him the sin of the golden calf. If Moshe were to see the sin of the golden calf, his love for them, for the Jewish people, would spoil and turn to hate. Therefore, he was not shown this sight. Hashem, on the other hand, could see both sights. He loved B'nai Israel for receiving the Torah, although Hashem could also foresee the golden calf. His anger did not mitigate his love for them at all. It's almost like, you know, parents and siblings. Sometimes it works this way. You know, siblings have, siblings are tougher with us. They're tougher with us. Parents, it's all right. They can, they absorb our sins better. And they forgive us faster. Healthier parents, people that are, you know, healthy and stable. Siblings, they'll go to war with us until we prove it to them that they are right and that we were wrong. It's the same kind of thing. Moshe Rabbeinu looks at Klai Yisrael like a sibling, like, why are you hurting Abba? So Hashem, as a parent, doesn't show Moshe Rabbeinu what they did wrong. He just shows them what they did nice and what they did good so he can develop love for them. Because that's Hashem. Because that's Hashem. And Hashem is so sweet and so kind to us. And Hashem says, be like me. Be like me. Suppress the sins of the people that are in your life that have clearly done a lot for you and that love you. Suppress their sins. Look, harp on what they are good at and what they did do for you. Harp on that. 
like I do when it comes to you. I look at how much you do and how beautiful you are and how much you try. I don't only look at what you do wrong. And that is our Mita for this week. If anybody has any questions, now is the time. Any questions? You could just unmute yourself. We're good? All right, guys. Thank you for being here. See you next Monday. Invite your friends. Let everyone know about this. All right, take care.